Hey, it's announcement time uh, from up here in our little tech booth. Hey, guys, this Wednesday, October 5th, 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 is our One More Youth Group. Uh, that's Wednesday evening. We start at 6.30. That's for 6th graders through high school. Uh, it's a great time. We'll have some games. We do worship. We read the Bible. I believe we order pizza for that. So uh, if your kids are that age group or if you're in that age group, join us that Wednesday. The following Wednesday, we have our jam night. Uh, I'll be there with some instruments and chord charts. Uh, and that, that's just a great night where we get to just play together and we get to worship uh if you sing sing with us it, you know everybody's welcome to join us that's this that not this wednesday but the following wednesday uh 6 30 p.m october 12th another big announcement our fall fest is at the end of this month that's going to be october 28th uh, we'll start that event at 5 30 and um guys we need guys and girls we need lots of candy uh, to do that. So I think it's time to start the big old Fall Fest candy drive. Uh, we really bless our community with that event, and you guys are a big part of that. So if you can, bring us a bag of candy. And uh, like my dad always famously says, even if you start, you know, just you get that big 200-piece bag, and you want to take 10 off the top, bring us that other 190. That's fine. We'll throw it into the big candy pile because there's going to be a lot of candy. There's going to be a lot of kids. We're going to have a great concert that evening with some very special musical guests. You won't want to miss it. That's October 28th. Keep downloading the app. And with all that being said, what time is it? Let's get ready for church. Hey, everybody online. Welcome. Glad to have you with us today. We're getting ready to jump into worship. We had a great time at the early service, so we're looking forward to spending the time with you. Then we're back into our series on the fight. We're doing an introduction to the armor of God today. So uh, get your Bibles, get a coffee, get comfortable, get ready, because uh, here we go. Woo! Good morning, everyone. It is great to see all your faces. Ah, we made it through our fun week. I'll tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you didn't know. We are going to start things off with communion. I believe Pastor Fran is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. Then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them to their Sunday school classes. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We are in the fight part 12, and we're talking about the armor of God. We're starting into that today, and it's really good. But before we begin, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Thank you for meeting with us, Papa. And we thank you for your faithfulness and your trustworthiness that you have shown us this week. We thank you that they're a part of you and you will be faithful and trustworthy next week. Papa, as we gather corporately, 
We're here to celebrate you and what you've done, what you're going to do. We're here to say yes to you, to the good plans that you have for us. So help us to be good listeners and good receivers. We want to be changed to be more like you. So help us to draw closer to you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this comment. Lord God, let your continual mercy cleanse and defend your church. And because it cannot continue in safety without you, preserve and protect it by the goodness and grace of your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Pastor Fran. On the night is betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. Same act of the cup. So last night of the Passover celebration, cups of plagues and sanctification and poured and celebrated. Jesus took the third cup, which cup redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There were his friends that night. Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance, remembrance, we call communion or Lord's Supper. He said, from now on, we get together and partake in this meal. I want you to remember me. So his friends got this morning. We too can partake in this meal, the bread and the cup, the body of the Lord. We remember, give thanks. Remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. I want to remember how he died and rose again. I want to remember with all thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table, the elements communion, the bread and the cup, the body of the Lord. The table's open this morning to all who believe. Says we worship and you feel led by the Spirit. Go eat, drink, remember, give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together, and I'd encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices, proclaim his name as we worship him today. We'll see the words pop up on the screen, so it's really easy to sing along with. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. This is when we know how great thou art.
Yeah. 
Just about now. 
so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence, God. You're so good to us, Lord, and we love you. Lord God, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us? Use those words to stir up our hearts towards you, Father. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kiddos your wonderful love for them, O oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Hey, how are you? Alexa, tomorrow morning, Alexa, I've been for too long. <laughs> All right. Good morning, everyone. Today's Bible verse comes to us from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is a prophet who lived a long time ago during the reign of the kings of Israel. And guess what? His name, Isaiah, means the Lord saves. Isn't that amazing? Well, God chose Isaiah to tell his people a very important message. I know, right? He said... Isaiah told the people, listen, Israel, right? The Lord, the king of Israel says, I am the true God, right? And Isaiah told the people that it was only God who knew what would happen in the future, right? No one else knows that, right? Good job, guys. Yes. And then guess what? God said to his people, do not be surprised. Do not be afraid, right? I have told you this before. I am God, right? And there is no other, right? I am the only God, right? He told them, listen, you know, some people make idols, or a lot of people were making idols at the time made of iron and wood. And he's like, they cannot help you, right? They were making idols thinking that they would save them. And God told them, iron and wood cannot save you, right? And then he gave his people this very important message. He told them, remember this, I will never forget you, right? He will never forget us, guys. And he says, do not worship things that are created. Hello, right? I am your creator. And then in Isaiah 44, 22, he tells them, I have swept away your sins like a cloud, right? I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. Oh, return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. The Lord says when this happens, rejoice, sing and shout, right? For the one true God. Not yet, baby, not yet. Good job, good job, I know. For the one true God, right? He is the one who through 
your singing and through your shouts, right, will be shown as worthy to be praised, right? Isn't that amazing? So what is telling us, what is telling us, oh, how wonderful. What is telling us is that we need to worship the Lord our God, right? The one who loves us, the one who has made us, right? And guess what, guys? He loved you so much that he sent Jesus, right, down to earth, to die on the cross so that we can be saved. Our sins would go away and God would forgive us. Excellent. That's right. Okay, you guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? Okay, now you can repeat after me, okay? Isaiah 44, 22. Isaiah 44, 22. Good job. I have swept away. I have swept away. Your sins. Sins. Like a cloud. Like a cloud. I have scattered. I have scattered. Your offenses. I Like the morning mist. I Very good. All return to me. All return to, to me. me. For I have paid the price. To set you free. To set you free. Excellent job, everyone. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And hey, you know what? We have a birthday amongst you. It's Gunner's birthday. And we're going to sing Gunner happy birthday. All right, everyone, you help? Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. All right, Pastor Georgina is going to pray for you, and then she'll dismiss you to Sunday. Happy birthday. All right, guys, ready? We're going to pray now, okay? So let's bow our heads, and let's close our eyes, because we're going to talk to the Lord, okay? Ready? Okay. Father in heaven, I thank you so very much, Lord God, for the love that you have poured out to us, Father. I pray that all your children will know how dearly loved they are, Lord God, and how you have amazing plans for them, Lord God. In Jesus' name, what do we say? Amen. 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 Have fun. Good job. She didn't get enough microphone time, apparently. (laughs) She didn't get enough microphone time. She's not leaving until she... I have things to say. Okay, I'm out of here now. Bye. I love seeing those kids. You know, it's funny. So it just brings back memories because we've been here long enough now that, that little, our kids were little like that doing that, and now they're grown and their kids are doing it. And, and then a bunch of those kids are serving the Lord. And that's just cool. Good stuff. Good job. Um, so before we get started, started, and did I say welcome? If you're watching us online, welcome. We want to uh, just mention uh, what happened, you know, uh, with Ian, Hurricane Ian, and our response, and where all that fits in, and 
Uh, I also, before I forget too, I just saw Pastor Georgina come back. Ladies, she's starting a brand new Bible study on Wednesday at 10 here at the church. So it's in person. If you can come, it's going to be really good. Wednesdays at 10, that's for all the ladies. 10 a.m. Yeah, not 10. Does it, I don't even have to speak about 10 p.m., do I? 10 a.m. Uh, we're, okay, so, Ian, horrible, um, I, and you know, let me let me address this too. I, the, the images are hard for me to see. I can only do them briefly. It brings up a lot of stuff from five years ago, and uh, and maybe you're also we, we're dealing with you know post trauma, I guess, or whatever. But then I'll feel guilty for having electricity uh, moments of that, you know. And and don't you, you know? It's it. it I, I want you to remember that God is with everyone there. And it's hard to see sometimes in the midst of it, but we can see looking back how God moved and did all sorts of things, and we're just going to keep praying. For all the folks over there, we have a lot of friends in that area, and uh, we've heard from most of them at this point, and they're okay, but they've gone through a lot of difficult things. So our response as a church, um, corporately, we've already responded with Convoy of Hope. There are disaster partners. We, we stay connected to them all the time. I have a video from them specifically for you. We're going to watch here in just a moment. They were on scene immediately. So they've already been distributing necessary items to as many people as they can. Um, we also, some, most of you know Sir Bond from church here. So five years ago after Irma, Sir Bond sort of hooked up with the uh, Samaritan's Purse tree cutting group, because they were based kind of here for a while, and uh, yeah, they were very helpful. And so since then, anytime there's been a storm, Serban has gone with all of his equipment and joined that crew once again, and um, they've been doing that ever since. He's heading up Monday to go and be with the Samaritan Purse crew, and they'll start trimming all those big... They go after the really massive major trees that are crazy. Um, and so we'll be helping him financially on that journey. And then we have a church right there in Cape Coral, a vineyard church. We've known them forever. Uh, their facility did okay through the storm. They're there. Um, no electricity or anything yet. Water slowly coming back on. We're in touch with them. We will figure out how we can continue to help and bless them uh, in the days and weeks ahead. All right. So that's our corporate response. Um, let me say this. Beyond that, sometimes people ask beyond that, what can we do? Uh, Convoy of Hope is a wonderful organization. If you're looking to give to people right there on the spot, Convoy of Hope, Samaritan's Purse, I mentioned, you can donate directly to them. If you wanted to go through us, you can do that. Just make sure if you give on a check or, uh, even digitally that you mention for disaster relief and we will send money there. But we also respond corporately with everything that comes in to make sure we help those areas. So I wanted to thank you for being such a generous church. Um, This is a video that Convoy of Hope sent for you. Hello from Fort Myers, Florida, which took a direct hit from Hurricane Ian. Convoy of Hope is on the ground here. It's an area devastated by the storm. There are homes flooded, trees and power lines down everywhere. The damage is immense. During this season of hopelessness, Convoy of Hope is delivering hope through life-sustaining essentials, showing God's love through kindness. I just want to say thank you to the Vineyard Church. Thank you for your prayers for the people of Florida and for our Convoy of Hope team. Thank you for your generosity that empowers Convoy of Hope to show God's love in a tangible way to people who need it. We couldn't do this without you. So there you go. So thank you, um, and we appreciate that. That Connect card that just popped up, that is if you're a first-time guest or visitor, if you 
point your smart device at that, you will get a link to our digital connect card, uh, which will then begin to send you emails and texts over the next five or six weeks if you fill it out. So uh, we'd love for you to do that. We also have gifts for first-time guests back at guest services. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on your way out. We also, whenever we gather, pray for our neighbors. We do that corporately. It's something we want to reinforce um, because we've asked you to do it every day. And so we're going to pray for our immediate neighbors. But also, uh, as we do, let's pray for everyone impacted by the storm. Cuba, uh, you know, southwest Florida, the Carolinas now, um, just the mess all the way up. So get some in your mindset. Yeah, and for your neighbors right here, we've had a lot of people that have taken water damage and those sort of things. So Papa... um, we pray for our neighbors. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways, that they would know that you're with them and for them and that you've got them through all of this. God, would you draw those who don't know you into relationship with you? Help us to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, uh, let's see. We're going to continue on in our series called The Fight. I'm going to get jumped here in just a moment, but I better do the bad jokes just oh, to get them yay. out of the way. The good part. You've got to have some bad jokes. Yeah. Oh, and this is appropriate. We watched a lot of weather this last week, obviously, the weather channel and stuff. Then I don't know if you heard about the weatherman who was furious after being fired for giving too many gloomy forecasts. Uh, no more mist and ice guy. Okay, he got it. Yeah, Mr. That's Mr. Nice yeah. Guy. No Took more Mr. Mis- nice Guy. There, it's land. <laughs> Look at Bethia. She's like, nope. <laughs> How do cats quietly tell you what they desire most? Hmm. They whisper. They whisper. Whisper. Yeah. My, my wife asked if I'd seen the dog bowl, and I was like, I didn't even know she knew how. There you go. Boom. Smart. Rat terriers are smart. Can I say? Please pray for us. I lead, will. lead us in uh, the reading of the word because okay. I've lost the crowd. Yes, after those wonderful <laughs> jokes, we're going we're gonna to switch focus a little bit. Let's pray and we'll read the word together. Thank you, Papa. Lord, our hearts are heavy with the suffering that we see, Lord, before our eyes as we watch the news and as we hear from Convoy of Hope and Lord, all I can think is that I, you know, the requests are <laughs> countless, Lord. And we aren't going to ask for your power. We're going to ask for your presence. Because in your presence is the fullness of life and everything we could ever need. So, Papa, I pray that your presence would fall on all those households today, on all those people, and on all those churches, Lord that you would be with them closely and that they would come to know you in a richer, deeper way. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading? The text today is out of the book of Ephesians, and this is chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. As promised, the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, 
Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Blessed be the word of God. You can be seated, folks. All right. So this series, um, I wanted to talk about the armor of God in this series. That's, and it, it took, this is the 12th week to get there. And really the reason is there's a therefore back in verse 13. And remember, I've told you whenever you see in the scripture, a therefore, you need to find out what it's there for. And so in, in Ephesians 6, 10, 11, and 12, it talks about the battle, who we're in battle against, and to make sure we don't think it's about flesh and blood. And then there's this therefore, and here comes the armor. So we took the last 11 weeks to set up those first three verses before the therefore so that you have a foundation for why there's a battle, why evil exists, who the enemy is, what it looks like, Jesus inviting us to partner with him now as we press into this cosmic battle that we have. And Paul is telling us in these verses that we, we are to be involved in this spiritual battle, but we're not alone, and he's given us everything we need. We have the fruit of the Spirit, which we talked about in the last series, and we have this armor that he gives us, which is really about putting our faith and our hope in God. And so the armor of God we're going to introduce today, and then over the next number of weeks, we'll sort of look at it piece by piece and what it represents. And uh, I think now with, a, with all that great theological background of the Old Testament, it, it begins to make sense in a much different way. That's, at least that's the hope. So let's talk about the armor of God. Now, the armor is amazing, and I have asked you for years and years to try and incorporate this armor into your daily prayer life, prayer, prayer life, particularly in the morning, that you should actually take time to pray on the armor of God. Uh, and, you know, you, I always think of, you know, the belt of truth is going on and the breastplate of righteousness. And we'll look at what all these mean again. And the helmet, the, the, the shoes of peace and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, shield of faith. We pray it all on. And I think it's a great daily reminder, first of who we are uh, and also whose we are, which I think are both really important. And I think it helps us, um, Beat back the sort of tendency we might have to move into being selfish and that old nature stuff messes up. It helps us to remember that our battle is not against flesh and blood because that will also try and get triggered in us. And, and so putting on this armor really helps us to um, connect with the, the bigger life that we're really in, that, that we're, we're in his story. Uh, and, you know, he's invited us to be a part of his story, but this is his story. And so, as we read about the armor, um, 
Certainly, you know, Paul is most likely talking he's about sort of Roman guards and that would have been all around him. But each piece of the armor is actually linked back into the Old Testament. And I love to see the Old Testament connections now that you have a, a, a good foundation for all those things. So when he talks about the belt of truth, it's linked back to a verse in Isaiah 11.5, righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. Also in Isaiah 59. Verse 17, he put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head, and he put on garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. He talks about our feet being uh, prepared with the gospel of peace, and this ties into Isaiah 52. How beautiful on the mountains are those of, uh, are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, uh, who bring good tidings, and who proclaim salvation who say to Zion, your God reigns. How beautiful are the feet. This might be one of the few times that uh, you actually have, uh, your, your feet are beautiful. Regardless of what anybody else has said. Your feet are beautiful if you bring good news. I, always, I stopped there and laughed because I said that years ago. And we had a guy in our church at the time who had been in a motorcycle accident, he, which he survived okay, but it really had messed up one of his feet. I mean, not... Not a good situation. And I preached his message, how you have beautiful feet, and he walked up and he took it out of its shoe and he showed it to me. He said, is that beautiful? And I was like, um, to God, yes. Put it away. But I digress. Yes, to God. Beautiful feet. We'll talk more about that. The shield of faith, Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Sword of the Spirit, Deuteronomy uh, 33, 29. Blessed are you, Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. He is your shield and helper and your glorious sword. Uh, your enemies will cower before you and you will tread on their height. So I just wanted to sort of put those out there and they're in your fill-in notes so you can look over them this week. Um, but as you look at the connections that the armor has with the Old Testament, I think you can see how the Lord is in each piece of this armor that we're talking about. And so by putting on this armor, we're putting our faith in God, uh, not in ourselves. And that's a really big part of this spiritual battle. I think this is uh, really demonstrated well in the story of David and Goliath. And uh, most of you know the, the sort of bullet points of this story, but I'd encourage you to read it again in 1 Samuel chapter 17 this week. It's just such a great story. Um, but I will give you some passages and we'll, we'll sort of set it up for you. David at this point is a young, really a teenager. Um, there's a war going on between the Philistines, as there almost always was in Israel. David's older brothers are off in this battle and... Uh, David's father says, look, you need to go and see what's going on and, and you know, bless, the, bless your older brothers and watch what's happening. So David at this time was a shepherd. He was taking care of sheep at home, but his dad sends him off on this journey. And they're facing, the, the army of Israel is facing the Philistines, in particular, this one guy named Goliath. Goliath is a giant. Now, because of the foundation we set, and if you didn't, you want to go back probably to week four or week five, we know that the giants were a huge problem to God's human family. And you can read about the Nephilim, that's where they came from and how they got here. You know that whole story now. And uh, we still have this giant, Goliath, at this point in time. 
And, and that's the, the sort of picture. Here's the, you know how, where they came from. It's a picture of the enemy. And there they are, and they're standing. This one guy is standing, and he's basically taunting the armies of Israel. Day after day, for uh, 40 days, he gets up and says, look, you don't need to send your whole army. Just pick one of your guys, and we'll go one-on-one. Whoever wins, wins. And no one from Israel is stepping up for the challenge because, well, he's a giant. And uh, he, so he's, he's over nine feet tall. We'll read about his description here. First uh, Samuel 17, 4, 3, a champion named Goliath, who's a giant, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. So you know he's a little over nine feet because we use that, techno- that terminology all the time. Six cubits and a span. A little over nine feet. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor. The scale armor is significant because it, scale armor is it's, it's a picture of the serpent, once again. It's so that's connected in the story. Weighing 5,000 shekels. Uh, on his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. Uh, his spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. And Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. Day after day, no one responds, particularly not King Saul. He's not like, uh uh-uh. And uh, so there's a problem. David shows up, and he finds out what's going on, and he can't believe it. He can't believe that this Philistine is mocking the armies of God, and no one is doing anything about it. And so you hear him say in in verse 26, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David can't believe it because David trusts in God. David knows whose God is and what God's done in his own life. And, And so this word gets to Saul's ear. He brings David in. And uh, David says to him with confidence, not in himself, but in the Lord's ability, says to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Teenage boy, David, I'll go. And, and uh, because he's trusting in the Lord. And then he says why, why he thinks it's okay. David's continuing to talk to Saul. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. The uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And so Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. I'm sure Saul was relieved someone was going to go. But uh, see, what David is standing in is what? Standing in the confidence of the Lord and who the Lord is. Well, then Saul tries to put his armor on David and it doesn't fit. It's just not, it's not, it's too big, it's bulky, it's not what he wants, and he takes it off. And really the picture there is that David is already going out in the armor of God. He doesn't need the armor of Saul. In fact, the armor of Saul would be a hindrance. He just wants to go and stand him with his, against the enemy with his faith in the Lord. Now, this next part could be a big bunny trail, but I'm going to keep it short. So if you were reading the story, you'd find out that the next thing that David does is he goes out and he gets five smooth stones uh, before he goes out to face Goliath. Five stones. And he, when he meets Goliath, he takes one of those stones, puts it in his, his slingshot, and hits Goliath right between the eyes, and Eli- Goliath is done, and David takes his head off. It's kind of graphic. 
But again, that it's another picture. If you, if you go back in Genesis, I'll show you the verse in the middle where, um, where the enemy is told that someone's going to come and cut off his head, basically crush his head. It's a picture of that happening with uh, a, a, an enemy and with uh, David, who's going to ultimately, Jesus will come from him. It's that picture. But the five stones, and so it only took one stone. Why did he get five? That's a great, great question. Thank you for asking. Um, I was just reading uh, this uh, last week, maybe, um, in my daily reading, and I got back to this great chapter. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 21. It's not going to show up here, so you might want to write it down and go and look at it. And in that chapter, what you find out is that David's men, they, uh, they, they take care of the last four giants, all of whom are related to Goliath, brothers. And this is the picture. David knows that there's five of them. When he goes out to face Goliath, he's got four stones just in case the brothers show up. And I actually think he's like, I wish they would show up. Because God is here, and God has to deal with giants in the land. We've talked about why and the issue. And from this point in time in the Old Testament, no more giants are mentioned. That's why I've told you. David was a man after God's own heart because he finished that circle that didn't get finished back when they went into the promised land. And it ends here. But I love that story. So there's five, go read it. There's five brothers. David gets Goliath and his men get the other four. And they take care of all of them. They're all from Gath. And they they take care of them all in that uh, chapter in 2 Samuel 21. And so I love that picture. And um, God doesn't need the the weapons of, you know, the carnal weapons are not in our way. He uses faith in him and trusting in him. And, And David says to the Philistine, and he, this is sort of our response because the uh, Goliath goes after David and he calls on the names of the false little g-gods that are with him and everything. And David's response is the response for all believers standing in the armor of God. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a big G God. The the God is in Israel, and all those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. The battle is the Lord's. Remember that in this spiritual battle, the battle's his, but he calls us to partner with him on this journey. And David is a picture of someone who trusts in the power and strength of the Lord. And I want to make sure that you get that. And there's that uh, one verse that I mentioned about uh, the scale armor and David taking the head of Goliath. It's all wrapped back up into the story as we see it. So uh, let's finish up here by talking about the schemes of the evil one. As I said, this is sort of the intro, and then we're going to look at each piece of the armor one by one as we go. So the evil one, our enemy, has schemes. Um, He has evil plans and plots and deceptions and evil tactics. And for us, we need to be aware that he does those things. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Paul wants us to know that the enemy is a, a real enemy who's after us. Why is he after us as believers? Because, see, we're, we've made the transition from his dark kingdom into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of God. He comes after us because he does not want us partnering with Jesus 
and helping set people free, other people that he has blinded to the truth. And that, that's really at the heart of our battle. We understand who our enemy is, the, the little E Elohim, the fallen Elohim, the little G gods. But um, we, we are, even though the battle is against them, it's not like we go after them. The way that we go after them technically is we rescue people that are trapped in darkness by telling them that there's a way, preaching the good news, getting them to Jesus. We win this battle one person at a time, bringing one person at a, in a time from darkness to light. That's how the battle works. And, and there's schemes, and the enemy is trying to keep us from engaging in this battle. That's how he comes after us. Because if he can distract us, we don't get very involved in the bigger mission or the battle. And there's lots of different tactics he uses in lots of small ways, but they all seem to be undergirded by these two main things that I want you to be aware of. And, and these are the motivations of our world, and they're the ones that catch us up and get us distracted. And these two motivations are greed and fear. Greed and fear. If you start looking for them, you'll see them in everything that happens in our culture. They're, they bounce off one another. They trap people. I did a whole series on this a couple years ago called Are You Ready? Where I dig into it pretty deeply, so I, I'm not going to do it here. But I'm going to tell you that these are the motivations in the world that we get caught up in, even as believers, that distract us from our mission and our purpose, and they, they hit us all the time. Um, obviously, you know, greed, uh, let me read you a, a scripture about greed. Um, this one, 1 John two fifteen and 16, do not love the world or anything in the world. That's not talking about people in the world, things. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. We've talked about those as being tactics of the enemy based under, under this one uh, thing of greed, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. He, he goes after all of us with that, and most of us get caught up by that one. The other big one is fear. I don't think I need to explain fear very much, but you get it. There's this, that gnawing thing that he tries to get us and, and tries to make us fearful. Yet, 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So, you know, the, the thing, I like this sort of picture in my mind too. So you remember back at the fall, the enemy comes and he does those tricks, the lust of the flesh, uh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, right? This is good for food, pleasing to the eye. You'll be like God. Boom, they, they give in and they fall. And then he tries those same things with Jesus uh, in, in the temptation uh, in the desert. And you know, the same thing, Matthew 4, lust of the flesh is stones to bread, lust of the eyes shows him all the kingdoms, pride of life if you're the son of God. And yet Jesus doesn't fall for it. The big difference in, in that is motivation. You see, Jesus isn't motivated at all by greed and fear. He's motivated by love. And love changes everything for us. And, and really, that's where we need to find our motivation. We need to be checking motivation against things that are happening in our lives. And decisions that you make, is it, is it greed-based? Is it fear-based? Or is it love-based? Is this the, where love would come in? And I think most of that is just sort of taking a moment and praying and asking the Holy Spirit to help us in our day-to-day lives and in our situations. Because... Responses that you make out of greed or out of fear are always bad responses 
But the ones motivated by love, that's what keeps you sort of in the daily walk with Jesus that he's called us to. And so I just want to encourage you to check those things. Um, great passage in 1 John 4, 7 through 17. You should read it. It's all about love. Love, 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 love is the heart of that. And at the very last, I love this last passage. So he talks about love. Let me get to verse 17. You see how many loves there are in there. Go read this later. Uh, This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment in this world. We're like Jesus. You see, the the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and all that mess is of the world. But in this world, we're, we're like Jesus. We're motivated by love. And so that's kind of the heart of the battle and where we go to. So think about all of that this week. Take some time reading over those verses. Next week, we're talking about the belt of truth. I'm very excited for that discussion. I think that's going to be really interesting. So get ready for that. But we'll end there. Ministry team, those who are here, when you head over to the wall. People over there are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it this morning. Let me say this too. Everything starts by knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's where your story begins. Jesus has done everything that needed to happen at the cross and in the resurrection for us to be reconciled to God. Our part. Our part is that we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord. If you've never done it, do it today. Absolutely the best choice you will make in your life. It's, it's as simple as saying, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? If you've never done it, do it now. Best decision you will ever make in your life. Amen. I think the kids are ready. The kids are getting it, are they? (laughs) That's good. I feel like there's either someone here or someone watching, and you do know the Lord, but you've not really walked real close with him lately. And you can feel the stirring in your heart to come home to him. And he just wants to encourage you today. Because every time you think about it, Your mind goes through the list of buts, but this, I did this, I did, but, but. And the Lord said, I don't see that list. Just come, just come home, just come to me. And he wants to, he wants to just hold you in your, in his arms today. So if that's you, don't hesitate. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thanks again, church, for your amazing generosity, your faithfulness to giving, offering, tithing. Bless you, bless you, bless you for that. Let's sing the doxology. And we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Have a great day. The weather hasn't been great, but uh, if you can catch some fish, that would be cool. Hope your team wins. Be kind. Be kind. Be kind. God bless. We'll see you soon. Thanks for watching, everybody. Belt of Truth next week. Looking forward to that. Hope you have a great rest of the day and that where you are, you're safe and enjoy the day. We love you guys. Have a great week. Bye-bye.